This is Mark Mullinax. Welcome to Power for the Peaceful, a podcast and class on Taoism. Episode 4, Joining Simplicity. When you listen to the ground and you put your roots down, you can hear what she says if you're listening. When you listen to the ground and you put your roots down, you can hear what she says if you're listening. The sweet sound of the river as she moves over the stones. The same song that the blood in your body sings as it weaves around your bones. When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? I have only three virtues by which I steer. First, unconditional mercy. Second, simplicity of wants. Third, humility. Tao Te Ching, verse 67. Simplicity is the keynote to all true elegance. Coco Chanel. Today's tone-setting quotes were just read by Chris Berg from East Flat Rock, North Carolina. Near the end of today's episode, Chris will pose a question for us to consider. So welcome back. Great to have you along. This time we look at verse 3 of Tao Te Ching, one that shows the deep relatedness of wisdom and simplicity. Question, how do we become at the same time wise and simple? Spoiler alert, wisdom and simplicity may be two ways of speaking of the same thing. The beginning of wisdom is simplicity, the clearing of a tangle of shifting and competing underbrush of random thoughts, clearing one's mind to live wisely, emptying, not to fill again, but emptying to rediscover our already resident peace within. So today, we'll focus first on simplicity and then pull the camera back to see how the practices of simplicity and its related ideas of darkness, silence, and emptiness are but practices of a larger Tao truth, Wu Wei. But first, a quick review. From verse 1, the deepest and most mysterious cannot be excavated by our word shovels. Keep things simple, for there are other ways than words to understand the mystery that Tao is, which is good advice for any mystery. Verse 2 advocates how to live in the tension of opposites and get free from those calcified dualisms of either or. Instead, live into the simplicity of both and. Don't complicate life unnecessarily by seeing all things in conflict and tension one with the other. Why add unreal chaos to your plate? For both verses, silence is the quieting agent for all disturbances caused by our complicated attempts to explain, digest, or frame reality. We cannot so much control reality as simplicity is to accept what we cannot change, as the Serenity Prayer advises. Words complicate and cannot name reality. Today, let us learn how the silencing of words and desires ends competitions for status, things, trumped-up partisan appetites, each one an artificial product 
of an undisciplined ego. Verse 3 starts out with a reconsideration of simplicity. Before we listen to its translation, a textual note in the Chinese first. You'll hear me use a strange phrasing, heart-mind. I use heart-mind because the Chinese character Xian actually translates as a single spiritual place, but in English we need two words to translate its depth. Most English translations use either heart or mind. However, Xin is both heart and mind. In binary, heavy Western worldviews, one can often overhear, my mind tells me one thing, but my heart tells me another. But that would be a foreign concept in East Asian thought. To the Taoist, to speak of the heart-mind is to refer to one's unified psychic center. So here's verse 3, the secret to harmony. Not elevating status, moral or material, diminishes competition. Not labeling objects as treasures or valuables minimizes theft. Not awakening appetites maintains the original heart-mind stillness. Thus, the wise ruler does not lead by filling people with partisan fake desires. He would rather model the peaceful heart-mind that calms chaotic desires. Nourishing bellies, not ego heads, is the better way to strengthen character. He teaches a simplicity that eschews mindless acquisition in favor of contentment in the simple and necessary. This deep practice of simple necessity, Wu Wei, is the secret to harmony. This verse is for the human being because only human beings forget their fundamental unity with all creation. Because each particle of the universe is constantly recycled stardust, so each of us contains atoms of stars plus atoms of everything that's already lived. Every particle of the universe interpenetrates every other in what Thich Nhat Hanh called interbeing. Literally, one cannot do anything without affecting the all. Only, we have this privileged forgetfulness of this fundamental reality, and we humans feel excused from knowing and practicing our inborn connection with everything. Perhaps this is because we feel conscious, or consciousness, and we feel, maybe, the right, and even that we're right, to regard ourselves as uniquely excluded from this radical unity. This is why it is often okay to cut down trees or kill many animals in most places of our world, but it is murder to cut down a human being in all places. Forgetfulness of this important connection gets us into trouble. To greet another, a tree, even an insect, is to greet ourselves. So rest easy, my fellow listeners of Tao. Tremendous fear-reducing confidence resides in knowing that you and the universe operate from the same ancient playbook, sharing the same operating system. The same energy in water is the same energy in our blood. When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? 
Verse 3 starts off with verse 2's conclusion, that the way to make things last is to be peaceful. Verse 3 shows the practice for that power for peace. Do not elevate, label, or desire that which is unnatural. This verse emphasizes the simple and essential, but no more. No filler, fluff, flighty stuff, only the essential. For most of us, this means suspending the many things that obstruct the way or Tao of simplicity, such as our certainties, our claims, perhaps even our politics and mindless habits that fill our day. Getting rid of these, we can recognize and practice only the essential. Peace is possible at this very moment, no matter who one is, what one's history has been, or where one is. To sync with Tao's peace, one must be ever ready to forsake the frenzied competition, to perpetually accumulate and acquire. Ownership leads to an I, my, me, mine mind, which only destabilizes and fractures our peace. Instead, empty one's heart-mind of all non-natural ideas. Weaken those desires and notice how what we feel we need are actually temporary flashes of want and greed. Say you're walking in a mall full of flashy things, yummy ice cream shops, things on sale. Note your mind in such a mall, unsettled, thinking so many what-if thoughts about owning a new flashy item or walking around with an ice cream cone or your favorite coffee. But no. Tao reminds you, your true needs are different from desires. Keep walking, and I bet you five minutes later, your so-called need for the flashy or the yummy has evaporated. This shows the utter unreality of desire and how easy it can be to overcome. That which is false troubles the heart, but truth brings joyous tranquility. Romy. So this is where you ask, well, what about my desire to be the best person or parent I can be to my family? True, there are several kinds of desire. One is that humble yearning to be the most excellent, wise, or compassionate person in order to be your best version of yourself for others. Another worthy longing is to begin a family with the romance and love that usually comes prior to that. I am not addressing these honorable traditions or aspirations today, for we know how desires may become unhealthy. You know those unmanaged or undisciplined thirsts leading to obvious things like overeating, overconsuming, and the manifold kinds of spur of the moment lust. Also, most any honorable yearning can turn into a craving. Picture the person with an honorable life dream of service to others but their once great yearning mutates into a craving for fame for power's sake. I'll call these misguided desires cravings. So even honorable wishes can morph into something altogether different, even harmful when the untamed ego has its way. Good yearnings for necessities like food, drink, or physical connection can get out of control. Wishes for the non-necessary can become all-consuming destructive thirsts. 
Lao Tzu does not directly mention the source of these cravings, but we know it as ego, or the false and usually inflated sense of self based on an illusion that somehow I cannot be myself without this this thing. My ego-assisted cravings usually get me into troubles. How about you? It's these types of cravings that this verse addresses. From the individual level of desire, we scale up to the communal or even national level. Yearnings of a group can be honorable, but corruptible too, through undisciplined group ego. Of course, it's fine to feel with others the pride of one's nation, but hyper-patriotism can unbalance a people like cravings can disturb a person. So the takeaway lesson is this. Unmanaged, undisciplined cravings of an individual or group can lead to competition and the treasuring of things that become targets for theft in manifold ways, whether thefts of identity, appropriated culture, or colonization in its many forms. Tao Te Ching is a guidebook for the ruler and the individual alike on how to manage desires in their multiple ever shape-shifting appearances. When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? But there's good news. The way to become less occupied by desires is to practice simplicity. Do our wants morph into must-haves? Does status become a growing obsession? Do we feed our often insatiable appetites for things, social recognition, and other thirsts? Again, the good news is that freedom from cravings is possible because simplicity is possible. The more you have, the more you are occupied. The less you have, the more free you are. Mother Teresa. We can awaken to any addictive plight. Practice the simplicity of necessity by interrupting chaos with purity of heart. Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher, entitled one of his books with this thesis, Purity of heart is to will one thing. So in our moments of chaos or anxiety, the simple question can become, what one thing do I need to be doing right now? Breathe, let go, pay attention, focus. I have found this arresting question to be a wonderful power to interrupt appetites for all sorts of things. One powerful idea is to take a digital Sabbath. Use less. Whatever we practice, whether simplicity or cravings, spills over into all life's dimensions. But once one has tasted the simple freedom of necessity, most people want still more simplicity. Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free. Joseph Brackett, a shaker. One more topic to address. It is a teaching in this verse, and one that I skipped over its first appearance in Tao Te Ching's verse 2 last week. Wu Wei. First, think of Wu Wei as a star constellation with four stars, simplicity, silence, darkness, 
and emptiness. Wu Wei itself is often directly translated as no action, which is a great start. It's the Chinese phrase, though, for simple necessities, or the true necessity for each moment. And each of the four stars contributes to a Wu Wei sensibility, because individually, each shows another way in life is possible. And collectively, they show Wu Wei, or wise action directed by the simple, the silent, the dark, and the empty. These are already inside of us. They are our birthrights. The star of simplicity is life with loosened attachments, so you can focus on what's important. Our life is frittered away by detail. Simplify, simplify. Henry David Thoreau. The star of silence is life without added noise, both within and without, so one may listen to and discern better life's callings. The star of darkness is a creative womb of wisdom found within. Darkness is our inner wilderness that one explores for meaning and direction, because in darkness we can see the true North Star by which we orient our life. Contrasting with Western religiosities that link darkness with evil, in Tao, darkness is necessary. It's a necessary path to wisdom. For in darkness, we see how those bright, shiny, and mesmerizing temptations are just temporary siren calls. Finally, emptiness is the vulnerable condition in which one is completely open, for one has given up stress, fear, and anxiety. And instead of being a barren womb in your emptiness, we find in emptiness all the wonders for which we are made. So what is Wu Wei like? Some feel Wu Wei is passive, and those who practice Tao should be passive too. This not quite right idea often comes through literal translations of Wu Wei as simply non-action, meaning no actions out of ego. But Wu Wei is so much more than simple non-action, though simple non-action is the best place to start. I love non-interference, or non-manipulative steering to describe Wu Wei. Because Wu Wei is a very skilled steering through life, like an experienced car driver anticipating every turn and curve with expertise, while a novice driver is more likely to oversteer or turn at the wrong time or place with perhaps calamitous results. The Wu Wei way to drive gently anticipates the turns and executes them at the right time without overthinking or over-anticipating. Wu Wei is non-interfering and correct action at the right time, in the right place, for the right reason, to promote peace and prevent injury. Four examples of Wu Wei may help. One, picture a key in a sticky lock. Forcing the key is often our de facto course of action. However, the key is liable to break off in the lock. Instead, jiggling the key to find that sweet spot where key and tumblers meet is a proper Wu Wei course. Two, picture a sailor trying to make forward progress in a strong headwind. Pointing the sailboat directly into the wind means going backward. 
but just turn the rudder at alternating 45 degree angles to the headwind, known as tacking, and progress is assured. Three, imagine a swimmer caught in an ocean riptide. The way to lose one's life is to struggle against the current and try to swim the closest way home. However, safety lies in going out into the ocean with the tide's flow until its power wanes, and then swim home. Less doing, more cooperating. And four, finally, a recent novel about the hidden power of trees frames my understanding of Wu Wei like this. The best and easiest way to get a forest to return to any plot of cleared land is to do nothing, nothing at all, and do it for less time than you might think. Richard Powers, The Overstory. Perhaps most importantly, Wu Wei is the practice that transforms chaotic situations into peace. Here, the Taoist practicing Wu Wei becomes a wise malcontent who cooperates not with the energy that created and sustains injustice, but with a wise and different energy that addresses an unfair situation. This is sometimes slow, but peaceful change in the world means the softening of hard-set attitudes, which is a long process. Direct confrontation has never changed hard attitudes. Wu Wei transforms situations by another, quieter wisdom. All the Taoist does is expose an unjust situation. Expose the injustice, and then it can die from the exposure. One powerful example of this was in the United States' 1960s civil rights struggles. The nightly news exposure of racist state agendas, water cannons, truncheons, and attacks by dogs all aimed at people led directly to huge changes in voting, housing, and attitudes. But to push and strain against the wind or current often yields the opposite of one's intention. Aggression, for example, rarely works out like planned because no one considers the unintended consequences that can last for years. Fighting an opponent with self-righteous certitude often ends up energizing them all the more. We just provide more oxygen for the so-called enemy. Wu Wei teaches less insane but quieter ways to change the world. Tao does change people and situations in history, but with a wisdom generated in a different rhythm than the energy that generated the problems it addresses. Here's a thought. Wu Wei is already in process, for nature itself is Wu Wei infused. All we need to do is just join it. What we need is already here, already within and without. As John Lewis reminded us, we don't have to manufacture love or justice. Love, justice, and even Tao's Wu Wei are already here. We just join in its party. And that's a good thought to leave you with. When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? When you're listening, when you're listening, are you listening? So homework. Go out on a walk to your favorite place of temptation. Mall, restaurant, dessert shop, even 
bookstore. Wherever you feel vulnerable to temptation, siren calls. Breathe and just walk past. Notice how your craving gets stirred, maybe even becoming a monster. But keep walking, noticing other people, softening up when children laugh. Notice that old couple holding hands or the way the sky is etched by trees and filled with clouds. How soon does it take you to forget your craving caused by one temptation? And then tomorrow, do it again, and then the next day. Notice in this meditational experience how temporary your craving was, even though for a while it was the most obvious thing in the world. This is the practice of Tao, of simplicity, emptiness, silence, and Wu Wei itself. And now back to Chris, who poses this question for us. Tao Te Ching follows a lot of Chinese thought in paying great attention to harmony. I have always wondered how the idea of harmony can be made to recognize what we need to do about our human frailty. Chris, this question sends me back to my Chinese dictionary. The Chinese word for harmony, hua, illustrates in eight strokes two everyday items side by side. A rice plant and a mouth. Food close to the mouth is a good thing, whether one is the ruler of China or a peasant eating a meal at the close of day. From either perspective, holding the rice bowl near the mouth is a way to describe and to maintain harmony. A few years ago, a committee in China was tasked with determining the most Chinese of Chinese characters. And it came to this astonishing conclusion that it was none other than this character for harmony or peace. The committee commented on how hua, or harmony, describes the mutual relations between people in groups, like in families or relationships. Harmony, I believe, is a built-in condition. We don't manufacture it so much as allow it to come to us. Harmony is a process of Tao that happens naturally. That said, in our human lives, we feel harmony, but also its disruption. When the harmony of nature is interrupted, say with greenhouse gases that coexist in our ecosphere, nature has a way, when left alone, to right itself. Nature's amazing harmony within us keeps us going, hormones flowing, body processes proceeding. Even when we have a cold, your body's natural processes work to restore balance. Sometimes, like in an orchestra, you have moments of discord that progress to a new harmonic level. You feel this tension, and then it's musical release in your very body. Now, as with old age or disease, harmony can be interrupted, like for good. Change can be a challenge to our senses of harmony. Changes can distance or even damage that relationship of that rice plant with the mouth. Can that relationship be renewed? Many of us listening may feel this harmony if our bodies are well and whole. But a slow disease like dementia challenges harmony. What now? When that inner harmony we have enjoyed all our lives starts slipping, my question is, well, what are family and friends for? 
surrounding someone with the disease can mitigate disharmony. But a new harmonic level occurs when surrounding friends and family share their harmony with the sick person. They become the sick person's memory. His or her hands, voice, rides to the doctor, advocate, companion. They join with the sick person like the harmony character suggests. The mouth or need is brought near to the source of aid, the rice. So closing ranks as a community of harmony around someone experiencing disharmony, no matter the disharmony's source, brings resources to needed places. As a person myself, who has fewer years to live than I have already lived, I have my diminishments, and my hope is that I can harmoniously compensate for my diminishments. But I may also integrate these with a community that will see me through. And then, even as I die, I am still yet a part of a harmonious cycle of birth, life, death, rebirth. Death is part of harmony, too. So thank you, Chris. But remember that needs, brought in close proximity to the supplier of needs, is harmony, whether with rice or with compassion. Well, if you found this podcast helpful, I would so appreciate it. You're leaving your review on your podcast provider. That will help this podcast find more people like you. Also, if you'd like to become a reader and question asker, hop on over to markmullinax.com. This podcast is an original labor of love, designed, written, and co-produced by many, whose central idea is that Tao Te Ching is good news for the day. Tao still speaks. Thanks to Chris Berg for his voice in question, artwork by Audrey Davis. The song, Put Your Roots Down, is graciously offered by songwriter and singer Molly Hartwell. The copy for quotations from Tao Te Ching is held by Fortress Press. May your days begin in peace and become laboratories for radical hope. When you listen to the ground and you put your roots down, you can hear what she says if you're listening. When you listen to the ground and you put your roots down, you can hear what she says if you're listening. The sweet sound of the river as she moves over the stone. The same song that the blood in your body sings As it weaves around your bones When you're listening, when you're listening Are you listening?